Hey, what's poppin'? It's your boy Reggie Clemens, Life Insurance Professional. And if you have real life situations and you need real help, you need to listen to Now What? Real Talk with Nicole with my good friend, Nicole Goodman. Welcome back to Now What? Real Talk with Nicole. Listen, um, I believe that being transparent about life struggles and sharing solutions and resources is the only way to come together as a community. Today we are sitting with uh, Reginald Clemens, MBA insurance professional, um, family man, father, protector, hero. Now think about what that means as the, as the man of the household, the father protector. But before we get into that exciting conversation, uh, for those of you out there who uh, um, you know, are, are looking for insurance, you're not sure how much you need, you got a bunch of questions about it, um, you have insurance, but uh, you still can't get your questions answered, you know, whole life term, all this jazz, uh, send an email, send Reginald an email to rclemensness, Clemens with one M like lemons with a C, <laughs> rclemens216 at gmail.com or you can reach him at 216-925-6577 that's area code 216-925-6577 Reginald Clemens are you there yes I am hello thanks for having me awesome welcome to the show it's it's an honor and a pleasure likewise um, we go back a little bit. As a matter of fact, you are my insurance guy, so we got history. But before we even get into, uh, you know, uh, I, I'm always transparent about what happens with me before we even get into that. Let's talk about your path as an insurance agent. How long have you been doing this? I've been in the industry uh, about 15 years. Wow. I'm, I'm sure you've seen every side of it. I've seen a lot of things over the over. The last decade and a half, I have. Mm, let's talk about that. So, um, just narrow that down. A lot of things, because I've got okay. plenty of questions. <laughs> okay, so, how did you get into insurance anyway? Uh, you know, at first it, it was it was not by design at all. I graduated from college, and you know, I came out right around uh, when George W. got elected the first time, two thousand one. And there were no jobs. So I had um, applied for a job with, uh, with Aflac. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they, you know, they did a real good job in, you know, selling the opportunity. I didn't know it was a commission-only situation. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> that know. part. Yeah, but I learned a lot in terms of, um, you know, hustling. Um, meeting with, you know, gatekeepers and also business owners and, you know, close some deals. So, so it was, so it was a good, it was a good experience, but, you know, it, it was a mixed experience to be honest with you because, you know, a lot of times one thing about this business and this business in general, mm-hmm. with that experience, I learned that everybody that, you know, people that you think are, are against you are really for you and the people who think they're for you are against you. You know, okay. or the term, you know, all thin folk ain't kin folk comes to mm-hmm. mind as well, you know. Um, but 
it's just you have to um the ultimate lesson was you have to take people at face value. You can't just make assumptions. Right, yeah, they talk about assuming, and you know, how you making an ass yeah. out of somebody. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 cost me, it, it cost me some money, you know. So, but I will say that one thing about the industry is a lot more of us should, you know, definitely get into it. Um, we need to, you know, definitely motivate our kids to get in, into the industry, not necessarily just insurance, but you know, also a stockbroken, uh, financial advising. Oh. Um, even if, let's say, you don't want to do the, uh, the sales side, mm-hmm. you know, becoming an insurance adjuster or an actuary. A lot of money is in that, you know. An yeah. actuary. What's that? Yeah, you're, you're a person. You set the uh, actuary table. This is how companies uh, decide what they're going to charge you. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. so you know what's interesting? <laughs> wow, yeah, yeah, that's crazy. I love numbers. I could do numbers all day. Um, and mm-hmm. I, I, I'm a firm believer that you absolutely need algebra. Life is an algebraic question, equation, yeah. especially when you working and as yeah, an a lot of lot of math, yeah. a lot of math. But I mean, you know, it's a it's a lot of opportunity, and it's one of the it's one of several different uh, career paths where you do not need a college degree. You okay. Not even have a degree, and you can make a, a really good living doing it. I've been, I've done pretty well for myself. I'm not going to say I'm a uber rich person, uh, but I'm doing, I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing I really, really well. Yeah. <laughs> you have a beautiful yeah. home. And, you know, <laughs> I'm doing a okay. Family. You have a doing nice right. home. So, um, yeah. you know, as and that you just tapped into that father, husband, protector, daddy, the hero of yeah. the family part. Yeah. So, uh, pretty much, you you know said that you had a college degree that there that you really couldn't find a job in. So now you got this big uh, what I like to refer to as a receipt <laughs> uh, for a lot of money. Yeah. And then you found this opportunity, and you put your street hustle to it and made a career yeah. out of it, protecting your family. Yeah. That's a businessman like, to me. You know, I did that for like six months or so, and then you know I. I spent the last, I spent like the next three years or so out of the industry, sort of. I was in like customer service and, you know, supervisory work. And then I got, you know, back in the business because an opportunity had opened up with a life insurance company. And it was a management program, you know, and I went through the program and succeeded with the program, was offered a position. You know, at that time I was going through a divorce and I didn't want to move you know, eight plus hours away from my kids. So I made a decision to stay home. You know, I don't, I don't know what, you know, arc that my career would have went had I took that management position, but you know, I don't regret it at all. Wow. You know, I had an opportunity to go to Chicago and I was like, nah, it wasn't even, I didn't even think about it. It was like, absolutely not. Um, <laughs> right, right. Know? Did did I mention father, hero, protector at the beginning of this family man? Yeah. That's what's up. You put your family first. I understand that. Yeah, you know, and I mean the thing is, being a parent, it's you know, I know now, you know, that it's not as easy as you think it is from a child perspective. Or mm-hmm. you know, when I grew up, I ain't gonna. But then you get you get into 
real life conditions it's, it's, it's a lot different than in the training you know uh-huh. you know it's different in the gym you can just say stop blow the whistle right and let them that play again but when you in the game man that learn knowledge, that learn knowledge is one thing. You can read all the books and watch all the videos, but right. when you get out there on your grind, it's whole different. Yeah, and even though you may know, like, mentally what to do, you know, to heed the moment, you know, you make other choices or you know what to do, but the conditions will not allow you to take certain steps, so you have to get real creative mm-hmm. and come up, you know, with alternative ways of getting things done, you yeah. know, and just... You know, my um, I would like to think that, you know, my decisions were based upon just doing the best things for my kids. I won't say that, you know, like anyone else, I, I have made errors and mistakes, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm not going to like, I'm not one to downplay things at all, but, you know, in everything, I would say my heart was in the right place. But the main thing is that, you know, my kids love me and that's really all I care about. I know that's right. You know, I know that's so. right. As um, <laughs> <laughs> long as my babies love me. Um, yeah. Now, before like, I know we could we could go on and on really about uh, you know our family values and morals because I yeah. I know you personally. I know your um, your lovely wife Kelly, and she's a, a a businesswoman herself, and you know a family woman. So we could we could have a whole another conversation about yeah. you an entrepreneur um as a family man but you know before we get too far on that let's answer some of these questions that i know our listeners are like mm-hmm. okay well we talked about how much and and how do i know i need so uh how do you determine you know whether or not you need insurance because i go, what i need insurance for i ain't got nothing uh, that's that's a big that's a question i hear a uh, statement i hear a lot and how much should you get as a single person right. as a family person Okay, well, you know, there are some individuals that truly do not need insurance, you know. Mm-hmm. So, and, you know, and those individuals, I say, you know, you know, God bless you. You know, I okay. say, you, know, you are, you know, if you are a parent with children, you definitely need, you know, insurance. Now, figuring out how much, um, we usually ask people, you know, certain questions about their annual income and household responsibilities. Like, let's say, for example, if you are a homeowner in the Northeast Ohio area and you took out a mortgage and mm-hmm. house is 150000 okay? Mm-hmm. And if it's your desire, you know, for your children or your spouse to be able to stay in the house, um, then you'll want to, um, you know, have enough insurance to pay the house off, whatever the house balance is. You and- definitely want to make sure that you keep it. Well, usually, like with the mortgages, that's if you don't have the death insurance and death and disability insurance on your mortgage, right? So that would also yeah. be something that you would talk yeah, to. Absolutely. Your, you know, yeah. and a lot of times I would say that most people that I talk to with mortgages don't take that. They don't. Wow, really? I, yeah. I have to just talk to my headset. I think my huh? headset's going out. My headset's going out. Oh no, because I can hear you fine so far. Yeah, it's it's about to go out. It's starting to be. Okay. So I tell you what, we're going to pause for a little commercial break right quick and and let Reggie uh, get his equipment together and then we'll be back. 
You're listening to Now What? Real Talk with Nicole, sponsored by R. Clemens Insurance. Nicole is the author of Get Your Own Damn Fish, available on Amazon, and founder of followblackdollars.org, the social networking site for black people. Stay connected by texting FBD to 63975. Welcome back. Uh, it was a quick commercial break. Again, we are here with Reginald Clements, insurance professional, MBA, father, protector, hero, all those great things. We talked about them in the beginning. Make sure you uh, shoot him an email at rclemens with one M like lemons, rclemens216 at gmail.com. His phone number is 216 216- nine two five six five seven seven and we will be putting your link on the follow black dollars website so even if you guys you know lose this information whatever you will be able to find um reginald clemens on the follow black dollars dot org website uh be sure to text fbd to six three nine seven five for all those great updates anyway back to you reggie welcome back Hey. <laughs> so what were we talking about? How much um we were talking oh, about yeah. how much insurance, yeah. Yeah, you wanna figure out, you know, um if you know, if you do have a mortgage, you know, figure out what you wanna do in terms of paying the house off. You also wanna figure out your annual income to replace at least a year or two income, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, because the thing is is that a lot of times people will emphasize you know, husbands, fathers having insurance, but not mothers. And even if you're a stay-at-home mom, it's important that, you know, if something happens to the mother, you know, what's the father going to do? Right, because now you got to think about child care and who's going to replace all the things that, that's a big housewife is a job. You know, and you want to figure, I mean, you definitely want to account for that. So it's always good to have a family plan to take into consideration that lost income. Even if she's not generously generating income, her job has a dollar amount. Mm-hmm. You know, believe that a definite dollar amount. And then you know, also you want to figure out, you know, how much can you reasonably afford? Because there's no sense in getting insurance if you can't afford to keep it. Mm-hmm. You know, now, um, with with that, um, on, put a pin in that right there. Because we had, you had mentioned that a lot of times with the home mortgage, people don't get the insurance. And I know that that is normally like to kind of bring down your monthly payments. But would, would you say that the little additional um, insurance plan on the house, because for one, that's going to cover everybody whose house the name is in, so the husband and the wife is more economical than getting it on individual policies enough insurance uh, depending on that plan i would say no depending okay. and the reason why i say it because a lot of those plans are um are insurance plans that go down in value each year mm-hmm. and they go down each year in value because as you pay your mortgage your mortgage balance goes down that's how i was originally designed to do mm-hmm. i professionally don't like those plans because you know, each year you're losing insurance. You know, oh, I'm not talking about using a homeowner's insurance plan to cover family. I'm talking about the the 
death um, insurance that says if you know the breadwinner dies, the house is paid for. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that. Do that. Absolutely. You know, yeah, you definitely want to um, take that into consideration. You actually want to do it. You really right. do. You want to do it. Now, if you're even if you're not a homeowner, mm-hmm. you know, as a non-homeowner, and you would want to, you know, if you would want to leave your family with the ability to become homeowners, you can definitely put that into consideration in your family. Mm-hmm. You know, because you know, especially if you're your father, you want you would want to have your kids. You know, leave them some money to start off life with too. You know, right. so another component is college education, either right. college education or you know, money for your child to take up a trade or a vocation at the high school, or just you know, you leave them some money to start off life with. Right. You know, and that's like the 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 majority population. They they that's one major way they've been able to uh, maintain wealth, maintain and grow the wealth. Mm-hmm. Because of the insurance policies, you have insurance policies on home, you have insurance policies, you know, on on the lives of others. And, you know, these days, a lot of uh, people in the age community, uh, they take out large policies on their parents. Mm -hmm. And the parents encourage it, you know, they encourage it because, you know, if if, let's say if if me, I have three children and three of my kids went in on a life policy for me and they look at the premiums that they pay on that policy as an investment. Right. It makes a lot of sense because that's guess what? a phenomenal idea. Guess what? I am going to die one day. Right. And even, you know, if the policy, let's say if it's a $500,000 policy. Okay. Mm-hmm. And wow. you screw three ways, the money you put into the premium you paying, your cut is going to be it, more. It, than double it is an million. investment that is going to pay out eventually. It's pay and out. it's <laughs> when you think. It's you can you know it, on the on the poor on a broke mindset you might think about it as oh that's you know you banking on daddy dying well daddy is gonna die but the wealth mindset they they're teaching them that this is a viable investment and and they're teaching them how to uh, how to work with yeah. that money once they get it and a lot of times people you know you know people in America think well you're trying to kill me oh it's like no man it's it's, a, it's 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 straight capitalism. Has nothing to do with I'm gonna shoot you the next day to get the money. Nah, man. News flash. <laughs> None of us gets out alive. Nobody makes it Nobody. out alive. <laughs> Nobody gets out alive anyway. Right. So no, it's you know, and a lot of times you know, even have some parents that don't want to do it, you know, for that purpose. But you know, a lot more shrewd, you know, people that are, you know, how can I put it, in more knowledgeable. Mm-hmm. Encourage their children to to do that as an invest as an overall you know as an overall investment strategy, particularly people in the age community. Mm-hmm. It's an investment strategy, pure and simple. And and I would I would even um, add a pen and say uh, to do it as soon as you know as possible, as early as possible. Start talking to your children about things like this um, because this was not something that we discussed in a lot of especially in the black community we're like oh we don't want to talk about that well like i said nobody gets out alive you yeah know, that's just real talk so you know unfortunately until the gofundme posts you know you see up and down your social media timeline but right. here's the thing i want to get out to the people people not having insurance is not exclusively a black people problem it's right. not it it really isn't. Um, you may the thing is is that before the advent of GoFundMe, mm-hmm. when something would happen, you know, to somebody white, 
and they didn't have the family. What they were saying on the news is you can contribute to the trust fund at the bank. Right. <laughs> right. At the bank, which simply means they didn't have insurance and their family needs help. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to have a benefit concert for for so-and-so to cover final expenses and give some money to the family because mm-hmm. they didn't take care of that in life. So right. it's not, you know, a lot of times we, you know, we browbeat our people because they're not financially savvy. Newsflash, a lot of Americans are not financially savvy. Most Americans are not financially savvy. This, you you know, did right. And that's why most of us are in debt. Yeah, you yeah. have the whole mindset that, you know, you know, you know, that white people are smarter or whatever. <laughs> they're not. They're not. They, not they, mess up, they, they mess up money just like we do. You That's know what I'm saying? That's what And I would say that, you know, even too, just because you're young and you're healthy, don't think you got time. Go ahead, take care of it. You know, and I, mm-hmm. I always I talk about being transparent, dealing with our own struggles. When my husband passed away, my husband was everyone, you know, it, it shocked the world because he was the healthiest person that any of us knew. He died at 40 years and 35 days. You're like, out the blue, absolutely kissed me goodbye and dropped dead. And uh, what we didn't know that he had an enlarged heart. And at the time, um, we were actually in the process of getting the life insurance thing, and uh, we were uh, restructuring our um, our budget, you know, so that uh, stuff came out of his account, stuff came out of my account. But there was an issue with the payment coming out of his account, and my my insurance agent. Reginald Clemens, <laughs> Mr. Clemens, <laughs> told me, he told me to my face, he said, go ahead and get it out of your account, and then we'll take care of that later, and I didn't, and not even three or four months later, he died, and so we thought we had time, and we put it off, and this, that, and the other, thankfully, I was in a financial situation to um, lay my husband to rest without having to raise funds and, and pass a cup around, but that's not, that's not always the case. So, you know, it, it may sound like your insurance agent or your insurance professional is just trying to make a sale, but this is important, you know, so take care of it. I have a story. Okay. I have a story and along that vein, um, the very first life insurance policy I sold was to a was to a man in Alliance, Ohio, a real nice guy, working class guy. Mm-hmm. And you know, the company I work from, not gonna mention no names. You know, it was, a, it was an old school company. Like, like if, you know, back in the days, like on Friday evenings, the insurance man would come to the house, yes, collect the weekly premium, collect the monthly premium. That company still had mm-hmm. guys like me to come to the house and collect the premium. Mm-hmm. Now, the thing is that, you know, one thing about the insurance, man, you know, it's definitely a fabric of the, of the country. You know, you ask anybody over the age of 50, really late, mid-40s or whatever, mm-hmm. they remember the insurance man for good, bad, or indifferent. Yeah. And the insurance man was a member of the family because it'd be some cows and you know that so-and-so was cooking. On Sunday afternoon. Why you always no, come by on Sunday afternoon? You know, I got to get that insurance money and eat that food. Mm-hmm. So I say I have to say that, you know, me and him and his family and people in town, they knew me and then I developed relationships with people, you know, and like, and that's just keep it real. Sometimes they didn't have the money, so I couldn't get it when they did. Mm-hmm. Now, this particular guy, he said, you know, I got it, but I got to go to the bank. 
So I gave him a ride in my personal vehicle. Mm-hmm. To the, it took him to the ATM. He got the money. I collected it. And that was it. You know, and I went about my day. Mm-hmm. So I go to the office Monday, you know, and they told me that he died that night. Oh. He, he had a heart attack that night in his chair. Wow. And, 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 and what made it even crazier is that the type of plan I put him in, I put him in a universal life policy, whole life mm-hmm. policy. It's not for everybody. What I mean by that is it's, I'm saying not for everybody because that's a plan you don't necessarily have to pay every month mm-hmm. because the premiums um are invested. Okay. So, you know, had I not put him in that plan, his policy would have lapsed prior to that day. But that last premium that I took from him was enough for the company to pay his family their money. Wow. And the thing is that I cried in the office because he was my friend. Mm. He, he was my friend. And and it was like fact that had I not, had I not been his friend and said, come on, man, get in the car. Right. You know, to pay that premium. Right. His family wouldn't have got that money. That's real talk right there. You know, so, and, and that's the thing. I mean, and the thing is, we come from two different worlds. I mean, you, you know, white guy from Alliance, Ohio, you know, black brother from the streets of Cleveland. Right. You know, but that was my friend. Right. And I cried real tears because that was my man. I could feel you it. I mean? And, um, you know, but um, I say all that to say that it's important. It's important to have, you know, it's, it's, it's important to have. And I was happy to be of service, you know, that day. Right. You know what I mean? So it's important to pay. If you if you don't pay no other bills. Right. <laughs> household, you keep your life insurance paid because you never know. I mean, like we were like after after I do my shift or whatever, I go over there and have a couple drinks or whatever. Couple brews after. Of course, my version is done. Right. So don't think this is man riding around drinking all the time. But I'm just saying. <laughs> But that's the thing. We were cool. But right. I, I did that for I did that. I, me doing him that solid, you know, yeah. put his family on. And his family was forever grateful. And then, you know, after everything happened, I went over there and he had some stuff at work, too. And, you know, they were asking, what should we do with the money, whatever, whatever. And we pointed them in the right direction, you know. That's, so, yeah, that's awesome. That's real talk. That's, you know, yeah, you're a part of the family. Yeah, so that's the thing, and that's like that's one thing I do miss about, you know, that aspect of that. I don't miss like chasing people, you know. Right. People get, especially now. I mean, I could I couldn't do that work now. People getting the stimulus checks and not paying their bills. Anyway. Right. Uh, right. But you yeah. was that family's hero that day, bro. Yeah. yeah. So forget it, like, you know. So shout out to the city of Alliance, Ohio, man. You know, they, they were real good people out there. Real good people. I feel you. And then, I mean, and then there's a, there's a lot of different, you know, types of insurance. I, I was actually insurance licensed back in the late 90s. Not going to mention the company. But um, it gave me the opportunity to just kind of learn. I took the whole class. I got certified and everything um, but uh, and licensed and stuff. But it just gave me a, an, an inside peek. I never really worked at it. It gave me an inside peek at the life insurance industry and helped me understand how some of that works. Um, you mentioned whole life plan, and I know there's term life. Yeah. Kind of explain that a little bit. Okay, so one good ex- one good way to explain it is the difference between whole life and term is like 
owning a home versus renting a home. Okay. In that you can rent a home, it's you know, it's cheaper over the long haul because you're just paying the rent. You're not paying property taxes. Something go wrong with the house, mm-hmm. you reach out to the homeowner. You know, you own the home. You know, it does cost more because you're paying the mortgage. You're paying property taxes. If the if the hot water tank go out, you got to pay it. So this the whole life. If you own the home, that's like whole life. Okay. Yeah. Now, the benefits of the whole like whole life is let you are paying the mortgage, but as the home accrues in value, okay, you, know, you can access that money to do other things. You know, that's a great visual right there. Yeah, and you can pay the house off, and it's a it's a hard asset now. Where in the same with life insurance, if it's a whole, you can actually pay up a whole life policy. You can pay up a whole life policy. You can access funds from that policy, take loans off the policy. You know, I mean, that's like a blessing and a curse, depending on who you are and how you manage your money. But I mean, it's there for you. Right. You know, I've known people to pay house tuitions with money mm-hmm. from um, from whole life policies. I've known people to pay for weddings. I've known people to pay their mortgage. Wow. When they've been laid off and paid their mortgage for an extended period of time. You know, off of funds from a life insurance policy, whereas term is a is a lot cheaper than the whole life. But if you miss a payment, the right. policy lost, and that's that's it. And Don't that's matter. How you can have a thirty year term policy paid for twenty seven years, and you miss a payment, it's done, and you don't get wow. anything. Whereas if you have a whole life policy for the same amount of time, you know you have significant cash reserves. Let's say, for example, you lose a job, the cash reserves can pay actually pay the. The premium, uh, the premiums, yeah, for you, or even if the policy lapses, if a whole life policy lapses, you have something that's called extended term insurance. So what that means is that the cash in that whole life policy will purchase you term insurance for a set amount of time. So let's say it's a lot of people that I've met finding out that they've had extended term insurance, and like one lady I met first year in the job in Alliance. Mm-hmm. I went out to see if we can get the policy reinstated. Find out the lady died. Wow. The lady died, right? Mm-hmm. They didn't think she had insurance. She had a policy for like 10 years. The extended term life paid the entire benefit. Wow. So. This is why it's important to ask some questions. <laughs> So this whole life is, you know, it's more than than, than, than uh, term. It's depending on who you are, you may or may not be able to afford it. So my thing is get whatever you can get. Okay. Get whatever you can get, get, get as much as you can get that you can reasonably afford. You know, some people can't afford the whole life. A lot of right. people really love whole life insurance because you can borrow money and it has helped. You right. Know? You know, I know so, my mother had the whole life policy for a long time and, and I remember her borrowing money. Um, but when she passed away, we found out that she had borrowed it all out to like a thousand dollars. So that's the thing. Like I said before, uh, you know who you are, how you manage your money. However, at the time, guess what? She needed the money. Didn't hey, she? she was chilling. She was chilling. She was living her life. You know, what I'm saying? So, uh, we were all grown. I was her baby, and I was in my mid thirties. So you know. She needed the money. She put their money in. It's her money. Sure was. So she, at the end of the day, you know, maybe I only had a thousand dollars, but at the time that she needed the money, it was there for her. Exactly. So again, you know, 
it's just depending on how you want to play it. Yeah. So, and, um, and I feel like I said, um, like you were talking about the Asian cultures, how they teach their kids. I think it's important that you discuss this. Uh, I mean, sit your kids down, you know, uh, when they're old enough to understand, I uh, recently reached out to my 18-year-old granddaughter, and you know, it took her about a week and a half, almost two weeks, to call me back because I, when I texted her that I wanted to talk to her about you know redoing my will and and making her my beneficiary, um, she didn't really want to talk about it, and so I had to coax her. I'm like, listen, I understand you don't want to talk about it, but this is going to happen. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's not like I'm willing it to happen. I'm not about to jump off a bridge, but um, I need, you're an adult now, you know, and I've been working all of my life and I have things that I want to, you know, things that I want to have happen and I want you taken care of. So we have to talk. So um, it, it took a little bit of squaring her shoulders and looking in her eyes and saying, um, this is an inevitability because this is not something that it was a taboo conversation, you know, mm -hmm. in the household growing up. But like you said, the Asian cultures, they say, listen, this is this is a sure thing. This is a sure thing investment that you're getting on. It's going to happen. Newsflash. No one gets out alive. So we did have that conversation, you know, and um, I felt much better about it. And I'm sure she felt, you know, when she she was glad that we had talked about it and knowing that she's taken care of so this is an important conversation to have with your family yeah and and that's the thing not only that but just you know a lot of us are business-minded you know we may start a business with you know another person or, or a group of people mm -hmm. you know, everybody put the money in blood sweat tears whatever whatever what happens when somebody in that business dies and you got to deal with the family right well, so and so he put everything in it. You know, a lot of a lot of savvy business owners they get you know life insurance policies on each other, mm -hmm. so that in the event of the death, the family's paid off and they can continue on. Absolutely, you know, absolutely continue on. You know, without them, you know, it's a, it's like a buy, it acts as a buyout. They're called buy sell agreements, by the way. Mm -hmm. They're called buy sell agreements. So let's say me and you have a. You know, have ice cream stand, and we each put in X amount out to start up. And so we take our policies on each other. You know. Okay. So and then, let's say for example, I pass away. You know, that policy pays my wife, and you can keep on going with the ice cream stand. Right. So it's no, it's no, it's, it's you know, it could be a celebration of life versus versus Nicole is tripping. Oh my God. And <laughs> hey, the biggest way to break up a friendship or a family is to add money or right. subtract money. It's even harder when, you know, when so that way when it ain't and the money ain't there. So that way, you know, it, it eliminates the BS mm -hmm. to a minimum. I mean, just again, some people's never enough. However, you know, having a buy sell agreement in place, um, it minimizes uh, the uh, any drama that may arise from the death of a business owner. Okay, because everybody so, feels, their family feels that you know may feel that well their loved one put in more than what they really did. You don't know, you know, right. you don't know no one knows what really goes on behind closed doors. It's just the image. 
Man, if anybody knew how, how many hours I've, I've heard that I make this look easy, but if they knew how many hours and hours, you know, I've sat at this computer and, and got stuff together. Oh, but really that hard? Yes. Business <laughs> is. So that's the thing. That's why you want to, um, you know, if, you know, you have a business with someone, you definitely want to have a buy, sell, agreement in place. It's impossible. Right. And sometimes people's health will, you know, Okay, so now you've you've talked about insurance as a business opportunity, phenomenal business opportunity. If you got hustle, it can be done. Um, you've talked about insurance as protecting your family in these different um, situations, and and now you're talking about using insurance to protect the business. How many different um, types of insurance do you um, are you able to market? Well, Let's talk about the different types. Another type, in terms of life insurance, another way you can, you know, it can really, you know, you can help is um, on the nonprofit side for nonprofits, churches, religious institutions. Okay. And I say that because, you know, I don't remember the. I, I, can you remember the last time you went to church, like a really big church? Mm-hmm. And you know, on the wall. They have like the plaques of the people that gave so much or have diamond, whatever, whatever. Absolutely. Now, a lot of those churches, what they do is they may have a member of the church, most likely a member of the church, deacon or elder or what have you, who's an insurance agent, mm -hmm. will, you know, approach members of the church and say, hey, look, do you want to leave, you know, give a parting gift to your church? My pastor used to tell uh, when I went to the word church. He used to tell the in in this sermon, like, "Yes, leave ten percent to your church." Right. Yeah. So you can do that with a life insurance policy. You can you can do that with, with a, most of the time you do it with a whole life insurance policy. Um, mm -hmm. You sign over ownership to the church, but you mm -hmm. pay the premium. So when you pass away, the church gets the benefit, mm -hmm. and that's that's you leaving a parting gift, you know, for the church without, you know, breaking them off a big amount of money. Right. Or any you other know, nonprofit. Right. And the, and the cool thing about it for the finance, for the church or the charity is that those whole life policies gain, you know, cash value and the church being the church, excuse me, the owner can access those funds as well. You know what? That is a phenomenal idea. And it's for that person that, that, that buys the policy. I've, you know, I do believe that those premiums are tax deductible. Oh, I, I would imagine so. You know, in that type of situation, we, when we get off of this call, we are going to talk about, you know, my nonprofit will follow black dollars. I didn't, you know, didn't even think about that, yeah. setting up that policy. Yeah, you can have um, the organization own, the organization will own and control the policies. And then the premiums is like a monthly gift. So you have a lot of organizations that say, give a monthly gift, woo, woo, woo. But mm -hmm. the thing is, times they sit down and talk to the more savvy, you know, uh, philanthropist or the person that wants to give or support the cause and say, hey, look, we're going to take these policies out on you. And, you know, when you pass away, you know, we're going to get that money. That's your parting gift. But you'll be able to get your tax break because you're going to give money to the organization anyway. Right. You're, I mean, if you're going to give $600 a year or $1,200 a year to an organization, a lot of the a lot of the established charities have people do life insurance policies. 
Hmm. So that way, you know, the thing is, the whole life policy is they get cash value while they're living. And when they pass away, the organization gets the money. Mm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Especially mm -hmm. organizations that don't need right now money. Yeah. You know, you have an organization that, you know, like you may have somebody have a $10,000 policy, $25,000 policy, so on and so on. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's the parting gift. Meanwhile, in life, you're getting tax breaks. You was, <laughs> you're getting, wow. <laughs> you're getting, <laughs> you can write it off. Okay, I hope y'all listening, you know, I hope, especially as entrepreneurs or, or I mean, what, yeah, especially as entrepreneurs, but anyway, I hope you all are listening to these tax tips because brother is giving y'all some real talk information here about how the wealthy play with money and, and work money to their favor. You know what I'm saying? They're not working for the money. They got their money working for, for, for them. If you want to give them a, a large, a, a black sum and just got the way, take out the annuity. And gifted to the organization, and that money they they got that money, and you know that annuity grows. It grows, you know, slow, but I mean it grows. Or if they need, the, or if they need to access that money fast, mm -hmm. they, they can cash and run to that joint. And again, you gave them an annuity, so that's a, that's tax advantages there as well. Wow. So, so that's the thing. It's a lot of, um, a lot of ways to do that. I actually met with a couple of pastors before, but. You know, unfortunately, I, I don't I don't remember the names, but they're more interested in the I need money now. The right now <laughs> money. That's what I'm saying. You, this is a situation where they don't oh, need right now money. Yeah. You know, so that's the thing. It's like, you know, they, you know, you know, the minister, he 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 it, it made sense to him. But he like, man, I'm trying to get these ties now. And, you know, like. And I explained to him, well, this would be a way to continue your ministry. Mm -hmm. You know, some, you know, some, some is about the ministry, some is about the monetary, but I digress. Um, <laughs> but, you know, if you look at a lot of the, the, the large churches, you know, like a lot of major cities, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of those large churches, that's like 100 years old, 200 years old, 300 years old. How do you think they're still there? Right. Yeah. I mean, do you really notice there's a lot of people that's there in them buildings? And then you what, I mean, you look at it sometimes, um, you'll pay attention to some of them old churches. It might be 12 people in this big old church on Sunday, but they still yeah. got the doors open. How's they doing it? Because people will give gifts. Mm -hmm. They give gifts and trust. They, they, they bequeath, you know, they bequeath money to the church, you know, through those, through life insurance. A lot of that is life insurance premiums mm -hmm. that you know, when certain parishioners pass away, they leave, you know, or, or even let's say, for example, you hear about certain celebrities dying. And, well, they left so-and-so to the Red Cross or the United Negro Ooh. College. Mm -hmm. I mean, do you think they athletes just at the end? Some people may have the resources. A lot of people do. But a lot of times people may take out life insurance policies and the benefactors be those organizations. Those organizations, yeah. So consider that for your nonprofit, you know, saying those of us, you know, like we follow black dollars and or colleges, universities. Mm -hmm. Your a lot of people may have love, you know, they may be an art major mm -hmm. and left X amount of dollars for the art department. 
Those okay. are life insurance policies paying paying for historically those, black colleges. You know, this would be a great idea to put your HBCUs. And some of them uh, do. I mean, I'm pretty sure that it's done on some some level, but it needs to be on a higher level. That's what like, I'm saying. Like this, this I'm. You know, for those of you out there listening, your HBCUs like that, that would be a great organization if you can't think of none. If you don't go to church, you don't care about pets, UNICEF, HBCUs is a great organization. It could be a local charity. It could be a local charity that you support. It could be a local nonprofit. You can, you know, meet with the director of that nonprofit and leave the gift to them. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's the thing. If you had you know, every supporter take out like a $10,000 whole life policy, you know, right. It just depends, you know, and that way you have it. Plus for the organization, it helps, especially if you're trying to, you know, access resources for a loan. If you're trying to expand, you can say, Hey, look, I have 15 of these life insurance policies. <laughs> wow. Okay, now you know, we're talking about creative financing. Well, no, I hope y'all listen. You know, we have two one six at gmail.com. He is dropping some tips. We have these policies, you know, for people that support us, you know, that you know, if you give us this money, <laughs> hold up and eat, you know, and they're they're this they're this old, they're that old, you know. So we may not have the money, but we got the money. Right. Right. You know what I mean? We have the money. Those are, you know, we have the money. So, you know, it's just a lot of ways that people do that. Now, this, this, like, borrowing against those policies, you say borrow, even though it's your money, do you have to pay it back? And is it a, um, is it taxable income? You should. Um, I do believe it's not taxable income. Now, I know life insurance premiums from, a, you know, death benefit are not. So, they're not. That's yeah. beautiful. So you're talking about I, I, a. I will, have, I will have to double check that. I mean, okay. I'm not. I'm not a tax expert. Okay. You know, I, do, I do know. I am knowledgeable about you know tax advantages per se, uh -huh. but don't quote me on that. Okay. All right. So um, he can get back to y'all who want to know the answer to that question. He can get back to y'all. Yeah. R. Clemens two one six at gmail dot com. Yeah, he can get back to y'all on that one. So. Yeah. Um. So he. Uh, we, 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 he was just explaining how you can have access to tax-free money for your business, for an investment, for a vacation or whatever that you should pay back, but you don't have to. You don't have to pay yeah. back, but the thing is, let's say, for example, if you have a $50,000 whole life policy mm -hmm. and you have $20,000 in cash value in it, and I'm just throwing up examples. Right. But uh, this is for illustrative purposes, and you take out five thousand dollars. Okay, now when you know every year that goes by, you know you accrue that you accrue interest on the loan. Okay. So let's say, for example, you pass away two years later. Then, if you don't pay the loan back, then your death benefits subtracted by that uh, whatever you owe plus the interest. Okay. So let's say you had fifty thousand, you borrow five, you pass away. Your your family may get to the long lines of forty four thousand, you know, something okay. because of the five thousand plus the interest. So you want to keep that in mind. Plus, if you borrow too much and you don't pay it back, it could just lapse. Yeah, just so like, like my mom's did, got down to a thousand dollars, and we yeah, you know so had to you add the rest. Want to, um, you know, 
you want to pay that money back. So, but the thing is, is that, you know, you can use it creatively, but just for anything, exercise, you know, caution and just be mm -hmm. careful. You know, you know, you don't want to just, you know, like with anything, respect it. You want to yeah. respect it. It's important that you get educated about money. You know, as, yeah. as we definitely need to. And that's another reason why I'm doing shows like this um, to educate us about money, creative finances, you know, tax tips and things like that. Yeah. And, yeah. and like a, li a life insurance policy, in particular, a whole life policy is, a, is an asset. I mean, even if, let's say, you just got a $100,000 whole life policy or a quarter million a whole life policy. And you're and you you as an individual is trying to get financing for a house or you want to go into business, whatever, you know, so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. That's an asset. Absolutely. You go to the bank and say, Hey, look, I got this life insurance policy. Oh, you do? Because they're gonna ask you, do you what assets do you have? <laughs> investments. Oh, right. oh, you do. Oh, okay. Right. We was gonna say no, but you know, since if you pass away, <laughs> right, right. You may have to sign over ownership to the bank of that policy, though. But you'll get the funding. Mm -hmm. Something yeah, like that. It's collateral. It's a form of collateral. Boy, so, you're giving me some ideas. It's collateral. So that's the, it, it's a lot of things that you can do with it. I mean, one person referred to life insurance as the Swiss Army, a Swiss Army knife of investing. Get out of here. I like that. Because, and it's not because you're going to get like a crazy return. It's a tool. Right. You know, it's a tool. You're not going to get a crazy, you're not going to quote unquote double your money on life insurance. You're not. You're not. Because the primary function of life insurance is to, is to pay bills off or create an estate. So if you don't have an estate or you don't, you're a non homeowner, mm -hmm. okay? You're a non homeowner, you work, you know, nine to five, you know, everyday person. You get the policy so that your family, your children, your wife, or your husband can be able to have something to be at the very least where you where they were with you here, if not better, preferably better off. You know, the key thing is like a lot of times Americans in particular don't want to sort of get insurance. They don't. It's it's a selfish thing, really. I think. You know, I don't want to. Leave. Why should I leave them with? <laughs> oh yeah, I've heard that one too. <laughs> you know, but. <laughs> You know, but that's the thing. It's um, it's it a mindset sense. of thinking that you're only worth something once you're dead. And you know, you just gave me six or seven different ideas, um, reasons why that is such a valuable asset to have for a mm -hmm. living person. So let's just get let us yeah. get out of that broke mindset. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the thing is that yeah, I mean, it, it can help you, you know, do a lot of things mm -hmm. uh, personally professionally and you know it's it's an emotional purchase you know because when you're a parent you know you want you you want to do everything you can for your kids to have a good life you really do and it's the way for you to do that if you're not here well i'm not here but here's these dollars right and you gonna definitely miss me i will you know i will hope but right. at least you know you know that's my parting gift to you yeah, and it's a, it's a different way of thinking that, oh, we want our kids to grow up better than we did or, you know, so we get the video games and the TVs and this, that, and the other. But um, like you were saying, the, the wealth mindset, we want to sit down and, and teach our kids to, you know, respect money differently than we did so we create some longevity, a legacy, not just 
a spoiled millennial that don't know nothing about hustle, just want to sit behind and play video games and stuff like that. It's a whole different mindset. Yeah. I mean, I will say that. I mean, every generation, you know, before looks at the upcoming one, you know, that way. (laughs) But, yeah, you want to definitely uh, at least do your part to put them in a, put them in position. Right. And I, I, I wish that more of us in our community would think in terms of putting our kids in position. Right. So many of us, you know, don't think like that. Right. I've seen this where people are jealous of their kids or want to do things to sabotage them and hold them back because their kids may have opportunities that they never have. I've seen that. They have had situations where they can't even have options that they had before them and they screwed it up. So it's like, well, no, you're not going to do that. Right. Or you may have elders in the community that will not put somebody else on that's younger because they wasn't put on. Right. Or when it was their time, they wasn't able to maximize. So it's like, no, I'm not going to, no, no, I'm not going to do that. And that, that sort of thing needs to just be eradicated, man. It's like, it does. Ain't nothing wrong with nepotism. I don't understand that. I mean, it's like, you know, it's you know, you see, you see somebody, you know, younger coming up. They're smart. All they need is for you to say yes, and you be like, no. <laughs> right. You know the hardest the, the the hardest thing that I've had to overcome that I'm still working on now. As a as an experienced business owner, is getting us to say yes to each other. So I mean, and you're talking about even a closer with your kids, but we don't say yes to each other trying to help each other out either. And, and that's another thing that I'm talking about. You know, you may have a situation where, again, some you know, you may ha- you're on you may be on the board of an organization, and you got somebody that's a, that, that was brought in. You know. We're in our 40s. Somebody come mm-hmm. in their 20s and they're smart as hell. Highly talented. They work hard. And, you know, sometimes a lot of us may just want to hog the spotlight just so that we can be in the spotlight, even though that younger person is better equipped to deal with that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So we don't want to we don't want to give it to them. And we, and so many of us do that under the guise of paying their dues. Right. When it's really just you're hating and you're hogging and hoarding. How about cutting the learning curve and being a mentor? How about that? Exactly. Yeah. Because the thing <laughs> is that, and the thing is, so many of us at this point in life, we forget that one day we're not going to be in our, our late 30s and 40s. We're going to be 60, 70. I'll be 50 Ooh. this year, bro. <laughs> okay, I'm going to act like you said 30. But whatever. <laughs> but we forget that, you know, one day we're going to be 70, 60, 80. And who's going to look to the lookout mm-hmm. to bring us a plate, to bring us to the function? The same person we didn't. <laughs> we didn't right. Move. You know what I'm saying? Teamwork makes the dream work. Yeah. Yeah, it truly does. There is absolutely no such thing as a self-made millionaire. You cannot do, you know, I've learned as uh, as a businesswoman myself. Now, 
um, I came up in business through the most level marketing. You know, that's that's built in team, period. As soon as you walk into a meeting, you part of the team and they have a whole system to to train you and keep you sucked in. And I happened to fall into a, a phenomenal company that I'm still connected with and that trained me very well on the whole teamwork thing and, and setting up systems. So uh, it's it, it felt better. Like once I when I started doing this business with Follow Black Dollars, uh, it's like I was talking to one of my one of my boys here it feels good to be able to look at a dashboard now now i'm not out running the street trying to get all of the business that and the other i got a dashboard and i got all these dashboards different dashboards that you know access different parts of the business and i get to delegate so um, it then i'm delegating and i got this team over there you know making graphics and this team over there setting up something else this team over there so there's no way i could do all of this by myself now I would love to have, you know, uh, someone in my family that I can plug into certain spots. You know, I have a, my sister is one of my um, delegates that, you know, she handles my SMS text blast for me. And it feels good to be able to do that, you know, and just like when I wanted to do this podcast saying, you know, reaching out to my brother Reggie and say, Reggie. You know, I'm, I'm talking about empowerment and education. You're an insurance professional. Yes, please come on my show. You know, yes, please let's talk about you and what you do. So, uh, but it took a while. You know, I learned that early. If I can come along with somebody that's learning this in their 20s and 30s, by all means, bring me your energy and your know-how and get on my team. <laughs> there, you know, the energy and the technical, the technical savvy know-how. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, man, my daughter does vines in the whole nine with the cell phone. You know, I need to wow. put her team. She got to you know, get her grades up, but I digress. <laughs> but um, but the thing is that they, 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 their ears are closest to the street. Right. You know, a lot closer to the street than ours is. So we have to, you know, do our best to try to develop develop and support new talent and the hardest thing in this in the insurance business or financial services business is the first few years mm -hmm. you know you have to you know have to develop your sales skills mm -hmm. get grants you know and stuff like that and if, if especially if you're you're going about it on a strictly commission basis so many of us in our community we hear commission only like no nah, i need a job right when, right, you know, just over broke. <laughs> that, and I don't knock that at all. I mean, no, I mean, I have a primary employment. Right. You know? I had a job. You know, I retired I, from I a job. Not, I am not knocking a job. Don't think that I, I am not one of those people that say, if you got a job, screw you. You know, I need you. <laughs> no, need you. Everybody cannot be a business owner. Yeah. So, but the thing is, is that when some, when some, if you have someone in your family, that is smart. That is talented. Or, or at the let, let's say they're a hard worker, because mm -hmm. a lot of things in life come to you simply if you just work hard and you know you work hard or smart for a set amount of time, you'll get it. Because mm -hmm. you can, you can be you can have somebody that's way smarter, way talented, but they lazy. They ain't gonna do nothing. So, mm -mm. so but you know we don't give our we can't teach ambition. Ain't nothing you can do yeah. about that. Yeah, we don't give our um, young adults uh, support. 
when they want to get into these industries because all we're thinking about is, well, they're not bringing no money. It takes time for that. Mm-hmm. You support them, you know, support them like insurance or real estate, you know, stuff like that. It's, that's straight commission. They're not paying you. Right. If you don't, you know, you eat. What you you ain't got to do a lot. You could just, um, you know, you can send them some friends and tell your friends about them. Just send them referrals. That is that support. Just saying I support you is not support. Oh, you, I got your yeah. back. But if you never send me referrals, if you if you never tell anybody about me, you're not supporting me. The thing is, that you know. Now, one thing in our community that we like more of is the referrals. Yes. Not just referrals, but just patience. You know, patience. You know, mm-hmm. and grace. You know, we we'll go to we we'll go to the same McDonald's for fifteen years, and then they messed up the order eight times. A year, a month, but we'll still go back. <laughs> you go back. However, if so, if, if Raheem, <laughs> one mistake, one mistake, then Raheem, his family. <clears throat> and all the businesses on Raheem Street that are black owned. <laughs> right. Anybody that know Raheem that look like you look like this dude I know. Nah, I can't do business with you. When you could have just been like, man, Raheem made a mistake, or even if Raheem trash, you know, you, you can say, okay, Raheem, don't do business with Raheem, but don't do business. But we'll go further. That's why I don't do a black business, period. And be right. the same people that will be flexing on all these social media uh, sites, proudly displaying overpriced clothing <laughs> in a and boy trips, trips to white owned hotels. We about to spiral and, down uh, a whole other conversation. That's why I love yeah, talking okay, to you. We're about spending $800 on tennis shoes. But then, then we'll complain about paying thirty dollars for a T-shirt from a black owned business. Right. I but can't I, even. Yeah, but that's a, like you said. That's a whole other. Uh, yeah, and that's that's like the basis, the whole basis behind follow black dollars. Mm-hmm. Anyway, and I, you know what? And I, before before I bust the left again, because there's so many questions that I, that I still want to ask you. Um, I do want to give you props and and a shout out, Reggie. Um, insurance professional for helping me write part of the policy for the discounts on the follow back dollars website because there are businesses that cannot offer a 10% or more at any type of discount Um, it's actually illegal and in your particular industry uh, yeah you can't do it but you helped me come up with a an alternative which is you know you would be willing to donate um, a uh, 10% of their premiums towards a uh, charity of their choice again here we go with the tax breaks but I just wanted to give you a shot and tell you thank you for helping me so much with um, I mean all the education here but I, I sought you out three years ago when I first started follow back dollars and you helped me out with that so thank you so much no problem um so and and then also i want to touch on this too because you mentioned um we keep touching on the whole business part what are the three most important skills that a person needs to develop in order to run a successful business and especially in insurance but um i would say patience Whew. 
And I'm still working on that one, bro. Patience with, you know, patience with yourself and just patience with what you're trying to accomplish. You know, a lot of us, no matter what it is we're doing, we expect we're microwave. <laughs> microwave you want it done right then and there, whereas most things that are built to last is, is slow cooker. Right. You know, you got to let a stew and simmer for a minute. You can't just pop it in. I mean, you can, but, it ain't, you know. It ain't the same. You ever had... You ever had microwave ribs versus ribs in the slow cooker? Oh, I feel you. Right. Been, been a long time since I had ribs, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Or just you know pot roast. I mean, you know, you can you can put some meat in a bag and put it in the microwave for 15, 20 minutes, or what have you, with the potatoes and whatever. You know, I mean, you can do that. It's been done uh -huh. and it's good, but it don't beat that slow cooked roast. That's been sitting in there from 8 a.m. and you pull it out at like 7 30 mm. for dinner. That part. That is not the same. And so is with the business. You gotta have patience. You know, that um the soft skills like you know, customer service. I mean, how you talk to people, your your tone is everything. And that's not easy because mm -hmm. you have 15 people in the row that were just complete. Woo! But you got to talk to that 16, 17, 18 person like they're the first person. It can be 25 in a row. That's just horrible. But you, but 28, 29, 30 could be the ones that want to buy everything from you. Right. You know, right. you got to be able to take no 99 times and still be excited on number 100. Which goes to the third, which is, you know, having a, you know, thick skin. You know, it's not for everybody. Right. Your first couple years may be horrible, you know. Like I mean, <laughs> but you gotta just keep, you gotta just keep grinding. You Who know, are you patience, patience, um, patience, poise. You know, and that goes with the customer service and just having a thick skin. Yeah, and you, hey, you know what? Long, from from late. job from job to business owner, I gotta agree with you because you know that. You know, and most of my listeners know, I was a street cop. You talk about needing a thick skin and patience, and then all the way to being a business owner and multi-level marketing, where everybody always thinks it's a scam. First, you got to first you got to get over the um, past the part where people think that you're trying to steal their money from them. So, and I was in that industry. I'm, I'm actually still an active associate, but I was proactive. Um, for eight years and patience <laughs> and customer service and thick skin, you are right on point with them, bruh. Yeah. Cause I mean, the thing is that like some of my biggest deals I've done happen with challenging customers and where like, it'd be a situation where someone is like, nah, I'm, you know, I'm gonna think about it. And, you know, and versus saying, well, what is your thing about? Versus, right. well, well, what exactly, you know, what's the main thing that's uh, preventing you from moving forward? Mm -hmm. and, I, and the thing is, I said the same thing, but the way in which I asked were entirely different. Mm -hmm. You know, what did you think about? Then it's like, you know, they're on a the combative word versus me saying, well, okay, I understand that, but what I don't understand is what exactly is it? And then... You just talk to them and figure out, oh, well, you had a question about that. Well, well, let's talk about that. Mm -hmm. Or, oh, well, 
So you're broke. Okay, no problem. We can't do it if you're broke. Well, let's see. You know, if you flat broke, then okay, thanks for your time. But yeah, no problem. Get back to me later. You know, America is the biggest place on earth of capping. Of capping. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, is that, you know, a lot of people in our community think that we cap the most. No, we do not. I'm telling Mm -hmm. you. No, we do not. Mm-mm. I've been out in houses in the burbs, huge houses, three, four hundred thousand dollar houses with no furniture and a raggedy car, cause they just had to have that house. It looks good from the sidewalk, but no they are work. hanging on by a thread, just paying a mortgage, can't even afford a bed. Right. So that's the thing. So you gotta really get. You can't make assumptions. Mm-hmm. You know? And you know that's the thing. And don't be afraid to ask for all the money. Right. Start at the top. <laughs> Work your way you in. Know, you know, like like we're from Cleveland, so you may go somewhere, you know, meet somebody that's older that live off of uh Scoville. Mm-hmm. One of the big older houses. Man, they worth like two point five million. Man. But, you know, but you don't know. But because they don't, you know, they they're not a lot of those people, you know, would have so much money, but you'll never know because they're not they're not yeah they're not opulent they're not you know flossing this that and the other put out a big roll of money <laughs> that's yeah. it here. <laughs> i used to work with a guy that uh he kept here. at least thirty five hundred dollars cash in his pocket at all times had it, always had he said if, if he has less than thirty five hundred dollars cash in his pocket he feel broke just mm-hmm. a regular working dude yeah but uh and yeah, and I want to say that that uh, you know seek knowledge too because if you're not a person that that readily has patience, if you you're trying to figure out what's the best way to be approachable and give that customer service or whatever, there are books out there that uh, you know people who have dealt with these situations and come up with solutions wrote a book about it, and you can read it and. You know, jump your learning curve, like how to win friends and influence people by Dale Carnegie. That's like one of the quintessential get uh, wealth builder books. Uh, Think and Grow Rich, uh, Napoleon Hill, um, John C. Maxwell's, you know, leadership skills and stuff like that. And there's there's just lots of of great examples. There's YouTube, there's podcasts, there's different you ways that you can. A lot of um, great motivational um Clips, mm-hmm. you know, clips of, of <clears throat> a lot of great people on there. You know, with, with great motivational, um, you know, material. And it's yeah, not, Eric Thomas it's, is one of my favorite ones online. Yeah. Yes, he is. And you know, and the thing is, it just it breaks it down to you know the lowest levels. It's like, hey, man, if you really want it, you gotta, you can't, you cannot quit. Right. Now, no I will what the closest you, people say to you. Well, now I will caution that you know you definitely want to make sure that you're you know well rested. You don't want to, you know, you can literally kill yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if, if you, you got to give yourself a break. You yeah. got to give yourself a break. Um, you know, because you can't if if if, if you if you're burnt out, you're no good to yourself or anyone. You're not going to perform well. It is true. You got to take care of your temple. Yeah, you know, and plus I think that, you know, if you do have access to, to mental therapy, you should definitely take advantage of it because mm-hmm. environment 
that we live in in America as black people is definitely hostile and it's unnatural, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it takes its toll, you know, a lot of, you know, a lot of us grew up, you know, growing up here, you know, like I said before, it's unnatural and it's hostile mm-hmm. and the hostility and the toxicity of this environment, you know, for black folk definitely has, I'm, I know for a fact it has influenced how a lot of us were raised by our parents dealing with it. Mm-hmm. And they dealt with it without the information that we have now right? or the access that we have now. So a lot of things that we went through, we go through or the things that we just know is right. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, by accessing therapy, we'll find out that it was wrong. So not only is it wrong, but you'll find out, find new ways, you know, coping skills or different ways <coughs> to, um, attack challenges that mm-hmm. you may not have been able to solve before because you didn't have the information or the tools you so know to you're, be able to you're a proponent of when you say seek mental therapy you talk about like a psychologist psychiatrist yeah, counseling i mean you may i mean dependence you may need a psychiatrist but i mean i'm just saying like you know you know talking to the homies it, it's cool but you but you know your homies are not a, are not clinicians right you know they're not clinicians they may you know it's cool to vent, but you it's definitely beneficial to vent to a professional. They can, you know, point out different things and show you, hey, look, this is why you feel this way. And this are some ways that you can do to not feel that way, or some ways to understand why you feel that way. And you know, this is how you can attack it moving forward or try this and let me know. Right. So okay. if you do have access to therapy, you know, definitely do it. And Here's I the certainly th- agree. You know, I don't know about other states, but in Ohio, if you have no income at all, you can get emergency Medicaid and get therapy. Wow. Okay. You can on the spot if you if you can show them that you have no income and you'll have emergency Medicaid and that Medicaid will last anywhere from three to six months. Why you get your you know why you get your official Medicaid, but you'll be able to access services. Now, uh, okay, when we talk about therapy, right, I, I will, again, be transparent. I've had a psychologist since my car accident back in 2001 until I moved to where I live now, and I've been having problems finding uh, doctors that will accept my Ohio workman's comp. I wish somebody would do something about how that legislation is. That's a whole other conversation. Have, if, um, if you can get, like, a, there are some therapists in Ohio that do virtual therapy sessions. I'm gonna look into that. Um, I will look into that. But um, I I said that to say that, um, you know, we all need to talk to somebody sometimes. And we we all need help sometimes. And having a psychologist, I noticed over the years, I had one psychologist for over 12 years before he retired. Um, it became, I, I used to get excited about going to talk to him because I knew that that was one person that I could talk to that would not judge me, that would not use the information that I gave him against me and had to, by law and an oath, take the information that I gave him to his deathbed. The only person that he could transfer that information to besides myself is my next um, psychologist, which was comforting um, because I remember wanting to talk yeah. to my own sister about some of my issues. 
And man, she told me I was, she called me stupid for talking to a psychologist, told me I should be smart enough to, you know, how to deal with my problems on my own. And my response was, I'm smart enough. And I want people to understand this because this is real talk. I'm smart enough to know when I need help. Yeah. Okay. Be smart enough and, and be, um, you know, give yourself enough care to ask for help. It's okay. You want to play Bill Cosby. And the cops are trying to fix stuff because we got a two belt. Right. <laughs> right. But you know what I'm saying? But when your car breaks down, if you're not a mechanic, you don't try to fix it yourself. If when your toilet's backed up, if you're not a plumber, you don't try to fix it yourself. But when we have issues, we want to, I got it. I don't need to talk to nobody. You know, but um, we're, we're going to do a show. So I'm a, you know, and I'm just let folks know we're gonna we're gonna have Reginald on again so he can talk more about, um, you know, talking with a psychologist, knowing when it's okay to get help, dealing with family issues um, because he can also talk uh, touch on a couple of different family issues that he have. But I don't want to talk about it too much on this show because right. then it's on this show. But um, so we're gonna stay on insurance, bro, because we can really go off and more to the left all day long um but yeah i i I definitely agree with you know getting help and we're going to talk more about that on his next show um but you know you've you've had a lot of wins so we're going to get back to whoo back on insurance bro i love you to death um you've had a lot of wins um but let's talk about some of the biggest losses that you've had and how you've learned to deal with them okay well I remember, you know, some time ago, I was had a, a management position with a company, okay, and they had made the decision to get rid of the department where I was a manager in entirely. Mm-hmm. So, and I had tried, I, you know, wanted to apply for different positions, and I was blocked. Mm. I was blocked, and I was making X amount of dollars. And I reached out to the management. I was like, well, I've worked and, you know, worked myself to this position. And they were going to take, they were going to cut my salary in half. Mm. You know, so ultimately they decided to let me go. You know, so that was a a loss because, you know, I had, you know, I had a family to provide for. Right. You know, I had a family to provide for and I was a single dad and. I'm like, what am I going to do? <laughs> you know, what am I going to do? You know, from just, and, and the thing is, is that, you know, ultimately um, that situation took care of itself some, some time later, you know, through litigation, you know, mm-hmm. but, you know, I, career wise, I, I can say that I haven't recovered, you know, haven't recovered from that situation, you know, uh-huh. so, but, I've been able to deal with it, you know, through just uh, determination, a lot of support from family members and, you know, therapy, you know, just going to therapy, you know, having to, you know, talk that out, you know, because a lot of us identify our, you know, our identity is our job or our title, education level or whatever. So if let's say, for example, if you are like, I'm senior VP or, okay, or I'm, Head supervisor, whatever, whatever. Then you lose that. It's like, who am I then? I'm nobody. Mm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. You know? 
or you know, or or you in a like you in a, a certain profession and you can't do that work no more. Like, what am I gonna do? You know. <laughs> so that's the thing. So I worked through that. You know, like I mean, that was challenging. You know, what I'm saying that was real challenging. You know, but you just having good friends in the network. You know, one thing about this industry is that if you're in this industry long enough, it's particularly here in Northeast Ohio, you need everybody. Man, everybody. So you're able to reach out, and a lot of the a lot of the jobs are word of mouth. Meaning, you can apply everywhere all you want, right? Firm is everything. Everything. I still get calls. I still get calls. Like even though I'm not proactive in um, Legal Shield, mm-hmm. I haven't been proactive in like four years. I still get referral calls every now and again. So, and that's because I've had I've also had the same phone number for twenty years. So that's another caveat. Um, please, if you ever start a business, make sure that your clients can always get in touch with you some type of way. So. So I mean, just that, that was like that was you know a definite loss. Um, uh, I remember I, like about four years ago, I was with an organization, and we were going back and forth on different management opportunities and stuff. But then ultimately, it just fell apart. They didn't. It, it was like I was told that I would have to make it to where there's no. Uh, if, if it's me and three other clients, I would have to oversign them so much more <clears throat> to justify hiring me for the for, for position. And unfortunately, you know, when you're, you know, when you're black, mm-hmm. you know, with advanced education, you know, that's a lot of what you get, you know, mm. it's, it's, it's like, well, the best example I can point to is many years ago, I was with a marketing company. And I remember it was an instance where it was two guys mm-hmm. that were, they were competing for a bonus. And they had they ended up with the same number of sales for the day. Supervisor was like, pull up your pants leg. One guy had on dress socks. The other dude had on white socks. And he was like, well, if the guy with dress socks win. Are you serious with me right now? I'm not lying. Wow. No, it, wasn't, it wasn't a racial thing because it was two white guys. Everybody in the scenario was white, so it wasn't a racial thing. But, but I'm saying to say that, <laughs> like, if all things being equal, if, if you're the if you're the black person or the non-white person, you have to be like twice as good to get the job. And, and you, yeah, and we've all that's that's historic, bro. We've always had to be twice as good to get half as far. To be good, or even if you're black, you cannot be mediocre. Uh-uh. You got you you can't. You cannot be mediocre. And if you're going to be in the, and that's just for you to be in the building. Yeah. We're not even saying management. Your management, you got to be, you cannot have no, <clears throat> no chinks in the armor at all. You have to be so, it, it cannot be all of y'all are pretty good. Um, You know, I'm a 95, a 94, he 93. We're going to pick the one with 93 because he's my boy. Right. Yeah, I would, I would have had to be like one twelve. So back to the, to the other example, so they ultimately let me go. You know, mm-hmm. during that time, 
I was like going through like a metamorphosis and that's right before I met you. I was going right. through just the development of just my mind state was open up to where it's like I had like cause I did the presentation, you know, for the management team and I rocked it. Mm. And so when they let me go, I was like, you know what? At first I was like, man, it wasn't even a tragedy. It was like, you know what? I know I'm dope. <laughs> I know that I'm part. Dope. That's real so talk right there. So you're letting me you're, you're letting me go because you just don't want me here, but you can't sit here and say I'm not dope. You can say whatever you want to say, but you know, the people that you got on your squad, I mean they're not, you know. But that was a loss, but I was able to maintain. I was able to navigate through it. You know, I you know have a, a phenomenal wife. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? She helped me like you know just think through it and went right. back with it. Was some things that I could have did better per se, but you know overall, it's just I realized then that I can actually do this. I don't need you know like a lot of times you know a lot of us in our community think that we need to be validated by the by the larger population, mm -mm. but we feel that our accomplishments or that or the things that we do isn't we're not official until they say we're official. No, I'm official, right? Like a ref with a whistle. <laughs> I'm official without all that, you know. Without um, that, and you know, shout out to to the ones of us that are able to, you know, get those titles and be in positions to help others. You know, do your job, man. I'm not gonna see nobody that's climbing through corporate America climb up there because you know our kids need jobs. Right. You know, a lot of our kids, they may not want to be business owners. They may just want to work a job and live. So everybody, you know? it somebody got to yeah. sweep the flow. Somebody got to push yeah. the buttons. So, so everybody can be business owners. We need these organizations to hire them or create organizations to hire our kids, man. So, but like that, like that loss. You know, it just it just showed me that you know through. Like it just showed me that I have all of these skills that I've been letting lay dormant. Mm. I'm trying to climb up your ladder mm -hmm. and just you know, you know, create my own ladder. You know, mm -hmm. a lot when you're trying to do a business or or create your movement, you may have to work a job. But I don't beseech nobody work a job. I like I love my job. Right. I got not to mention the name of the country, but you know, we do real good. But you know, at the same time, between time, where I'm at now, I have a firm understanding of. You know, if I'm, I'm really focused on doing the being the best, you know, employee I could be while I'm on their clock. Right. I'm on their clock. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to cheat them, you know. Whatever you're going to be, be the best at it. Yeah. But when I'm off the clock, I'm on the clock. Now, you want me to do more, then we can, you got to pay me more. But I'm not going to seek out, you know, I'm not going to seek that out. If you right. want me to do this, you know, if you want me to be. Have more responsibility. Come to me for work with like written offers. Because <laughs> you dope. Yeah, written offers. I, I don't. You know, I'm not gonna interview multiple times when you see my credentials, and you know, I can do the job and offer me the job. And that comes with knowing your self worth and being confident um, in your knowledge, and not just you know being braggadocious, but being able to point to the proof and say. Yeah. See this I dotted and this T crossed, and that's because I uh, I trained, I read it, I, I watched the movies, I I put the legwork in, and I'm knowledgeable about what it is that you want to hire me to do. But I'm worth, uh, I'm I'm worth what I say I'm worth, not what you say I'm worth. Right. So it's just really 
And, and and again, it goes back to the whole therapy thing. Where I think someone many more of us need to access that because a lot of us, in terms of on the self esteem side, we need that because mm-hmm. you know people. There's so many people people that I know and encounter that have all the education, all these skills, but they don't know they're the one. Mm-hmm. You know, and you also may want to just change your environment. Right, so if you can't change the people around you, you got to change the people around you. Yeah, you know, a lot of times you may be hanging around a bunch of losers. Mm, that part. Or people, or, yeah, or people that know you're dope, but they don't want, you know, they you know they know you personally, so they want to play on that. Mm-hmm. And so you can't grow because you're sitting around all these losers. Right. Where you can change your environment and hang with positive people. Now, yeah. understand, you know, this is not, the things that we talking to you guys about it's not some things that we're saying well yeah just do this these are things stuff that we've been through personally um when i was going through the police academy very first day of the police academy i got into a fight with my sisters and it was it was a it was a big deal it you know it was ongoing and she lived upstairs (laughs) and i for me we live in a two-family house and um it i but i was dead set on getting that job I had to focus on getting that job because I needed benefits I had a family to raise myself so I actually changed my phone number Um, only four people had my number my mother my son's school my boyfriend at the time and the police account the police department had my new phone number if my sister went out the back I went out the front she went out the front I went out the back I didn't see nobody in my family for four and a half months until I graduated the police academy. So this is not something that we say lightly. You know, the, sometimes the people that, that got you to where you are are not the people that are going to be with you from this point forward and get you to where you want to go. And a lot of times the people that are the closest to you are the first to dash your dreams on the rocks to bits. <laughs> will tell you you can't. Will tell you it'll never happen. Will put so much doubt in you. But you have to, like you said, put yourself um, in a positive position. Put yourself in a corner to study if you need to. But do what you got to do to to. Get that dream that's in your head in your hand. Yeah, and also like you know, try to meet, be open to meeting different people. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, meeting different people. You know, don't. And this is one thing that I had to learn. You know, the trial and error of living life, man. Everybody's, you know, you know, be, you know, being having an ism is just is not gonna is not conducive. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know, now I will say that there is definitely in, in, institutional structural racism for sure. Mm-hmm. Everybody's not part of it. <clears throat> Everybody's not part of it. You can't, you know, it doesn't help to take wholesale takes. You know what right. I'm saying? You know, for real, you have to, you know, you, you can't be boots either. It's, 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 a, it's an interesting uh, path. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you, you, the isms aren't going to help you. They're not gonna help, you know. You know, I mean, it, it, it's just you know, you want to treat everybody that you encounter with, with a definite level of uh, respect and courtesy, because right. you never, you know, it be the, you may, it may be, it may be Becky and accountant <laughs> that buy all your works of art. That part, you just, you just really, really never know 
where it's gonna come from. You know, it may be it may be Andy down the street. You know what I'm saying? That change of oil. <laughs> oh, it could be this insurance guy that I met at a vendor event three years ago that winds up, you know, helping me to write a policy for a nonprofit. You know, I'd have never thunk it. And, you know, and here you are and here we are today. You know what I'm saying? So, right. I mean, you never, you, you never know. So it's just, you know, and like one thing that I will say, like for, you know, and this, and this is for the brothers, man. It's, um, you know, like every, you know, like every person that you meet, you know, the opposite sex isn't, it doesn't have to be a romantic thing, man. It, it just doesn't. I mean, you might meet somebody. You can make make a million dollars with them. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? When you and I first met, we were both happily married to other people, and you know, right. you know. But you had you have been a true brother and true friend to me. It, it, it doesn't. You know, it doesn't have to be like that, fellas. I mean, you know, ladies too. But I mean, I'm speaking more for the fellas, man. I mean, for real. Like I can say that. You know, the female friends in my life have definitely helped me down, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, real solid. And whenever I linked up with them, we ate. <laughs> All right. But it helps that you that you have a wife that is securing herself, too. Like, Kelly yeah. is solid people. She's a beautiful lady. And yeah. I've been to you guys' home, and there was absolutely no, you know, none of that. Up and down stuff at all. You know, your wife is secure. Y'all was securing your yeah. marriage, so exactly. So, and that's the thing, man. It's just you know that just so just you know in business, man. Just keep it always keep it business, you know. And mm -hmm. you'll get you get so you get so much further along. You know what I mean? So much right. further along, professional. And and this is something that I said because I mean, like you know, early off, early in life, I I didn't understand that. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, look, and that's the thing, like, you know, we, I'm going to just keep it all the way real. I, mm -hmm. I did. And, you know, you, you miss out. You miss out on so much because you're trying to get a phone number. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're trying mm -hmm. to get a phone number when you can, like, really get on. Right. You know, further in life. Well, I'm just going to put them on, but he made the pass, so no. Oh, my God. Okay. So, but <laughs> as, as a family man and a businessman, um, yeah. give people a glimpse because you work from home. And I'm not sure if you still work out at the home at this time, but give people a glimpse of your your daily. Okay, so you know I wake up um, on on a good day. I get up, uh, go to the gym. Mm -hmm. You know, gotta work out, gotta be healthy. Come home, make breakfast for myself and the, my wife and my son. You know. Okay. Now, what time does your day start? You say you get up. Uh, Eight thirty. Sometimes nine. Like, so I, I do that and then, you know, I come home, make breakfast um, and I get prepared for the work day. I, my work day starts at uh, one o'clock because I have a, a later shift. Like, and then a couple of days a week, you know, for the for the life insurance business, you know, I go to meetings, Zoom meetings in the a.m. Um, afterwards, set some appointments up for, you know, for the following week, mm -hmm. do some training, you know, and then. Like from one to ten, I'm working, you know, which is great because you know, you know, having a newborn when well, he's nice too, he's taller, is definitely helpful for Damn. us to go work from home. You know, the cold COVID thing just showed the world, at least America, that a lot of stuff that we do can be done at home, 
and done at home at a high level. It can be done at home at a high level. Plus, I think, you know, a lot of stuff that goes on, like a lot of workplace harassment situations mm-hmm. is reduced. It's, a, it's reduced significantly because you're not at the water cooler getting harassed by some jerk. Right. You know, or you don't have, you know, a manager leering and lurking around your cubicle. After being angry for driving to work in heavy traffic. <laughs> right. You know, so, you know, that's the, it's just so many of the issues that, you know, played the workplace has been minimized, right. you know, and, so, you know, yeah, what, you know, workplace violence, I mean, you know, <laughs> working from home has definitely been uh, not going back to the office. <laughs> not, and, you know, I'm blessed to work for, for a fourth digging organization that's given us the option to, hey, do, what do you want to do? Do you want to be remote? Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I do, you know. Don't even I, get to the other options. Yes, I want to be remote, you know, because it's just so many things going on. We're at a real, real troubling time in this country. But you know, again, the workday is pretty, you know, pretty basic. I mean, you know, I'm able to go to like working from home is cool because you're able to go to the gym, right? You know, walk into your work, you know, and if you're a professional, it's not hard, right? You but know, you, you mentioned being a stay, uh, stay-at-home dad too. You got a little bitty one. Yeah. So, you know, he's a handful, he's a handful, but it's just like the the best thing about the industry is for a lot of years, I was able to do work from home. Uh-huh. So I was able to log off, pick up kids from school or take them to school, take them to activities, stuff like that. So, and with, with the technology now, you know, you can, you can make a nice living without leaving your house, yeah. you know, and, you know, with the Zoom and everything like that, with COVID and, you know, this is the new, re- this is the new normal. So a lot of people are more open to doing business over the phone or doing business, you know, virtually. Right. Whereas, you know, five years ago, nah. Right. Especially for life insurance, nah, I don't want to do it now. Absolutely. It's not a problem. You can just do what we're doing now. Right. And like and with, with my situation, I'm I'm disabled, you know, uh, with all my injuries and stuff like that. So being able to commute from my bedroom to my dining room office yeah. is yeah. and a lot of industries, you know, you're gonna save a lot of money on um companies gonna save billions on just office space and office rooms like we don't need all that. Right. We don't need that because our workers <laughs> Hey, we, we got Zoom. <laughs> you know to be in the office. We're gonna do these Zoom meetings. It's right. all virtual. Like right. the one company I worked for, you know, before I came here, the training and everything was over the internet. I didn't. I wasn't in the classroom. Right. I, it was like a year before I even met people. <laughs> wow. It was just that's the thing. It was like I turned in the paperwork. I logged in and did the work. Right. It was almost a year before, oh, we're going to have a company outing, and I got to meet everybody. It was like, oh, okay. You know what? It was a couple of sessions where I would have to go and you know, but it was just, you know, we could do so much more. It's a blessing and a curse, though, and I right. say that because we're less connected as human beings. I mean, there, there is a connection that you can make with people that over, over the internet, you know, because a lot of people that I've never met before you know, I'm cool. I'm real cool with supporting. They supported me this and the third. Mm-hmm. But it's something about just being, you know, being in the same room with people. 
Right. You know, so. But and at then the at same the same time, time <laughs> you at, you in the house, uh, being in the same home with your son, you know, where you get yeah, to. Yeah, so that's a real cool thing to be able to spend time with him and. And your wife and being able to communicate. And, she is just so dope because, like, she took a vacation this past week and, you know, we were with him all week, the whole time because she spent a lot of time with him. Uh-huh. You know, I don't want people to think, hey, you're doing, like, man, look. <laughs> look here. I'm I'm just married to a wonderful woman. Say that. One woman, I just try and I try to treat her right because she does a lot with him. You know, we also know she's a she's a a therapist by trade. That's beautiful. Uh, a child therapist by trade. So she's been working with the kids for a long time. So to have someone like that, you know, be the mother of your children is dope. That is dope. That's dope. So so, but like she was gone. So from sun up to sun down. Sundown, sun up it was with him. And, you know, usually, you know, he wake up at like five, six in the morning. She, he kicking her. <laughs> he just, you know, snoozing away. But this last week, it was me. Four thirty in the morning, he just. <laughs> when she came, mom, I was like, baby, I know <laughs> that's right. I always tell people, a happy wife, happy life. It will always be that way. You know. Yeah. So, you know, she does a lot, but again, like the, if more employers would just remain and, and you know, and keep the remote thing going on, you know, that I think that it just, it's a definite improvement overall quality of life thing. Because the cool thing about from home is once the work is done, it's done. It's done. It's done. And you can go back to whatever you was doing at home. Plus like sometimes some jobs are so toxic. It's like, you ever worked a job where you hate it going in? Oh my God! <laughs> you got the car. You were sitting in the car for like five, ten minutes. Like man, or you get there and you just sitting in the car trying to mentally prepare yourself to go in here to deal with the jerks at work. Uh huh. If you're in the industry like this, you don't have to deal with that. You're just trying to mentally prepare yourself to deal with people that's gonna come over the phone or what have you, doing the work at hand. You know what's crazy? You know, I mean, it's it was a different time when I was actually, you know, on a job. I've been, you know, retired from job now for over a decade. But I can remember when I was on the street as a patrolman. I had this lieutenant, and, and she just made life rough for everybody. And when she left the district, the sick time and people calling off or whatever – just dropped like you know I, I i remember sitting in the in the in the parking lot feeling like i really just I, am i getting a headache i think i'm getting a headache and want to go home oh my god i'm already here i got to deal with this woman and I, I would get physically ill just thinking about going into work working with her i didn't have a problem with the people on the streets you know that was the job but when you got to deal with people like that and the, and the toxic people like that you know, I so I I feel you. That's the thing when you're remote. A lot of that is a, it, it's not all eliminated because people. If you're a jerk, you're a jerk. You're a jerk. <laughs> you're a jerk. You're a jerk. It's gonna it's gonna come over to the TV screen too. You don't have to be in their presence. Mm-hmm. You have to. You know. You don't. You're not in their presence. So you know. So yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, especially you know, if, if you're a woman, you don't have to deal with the with the with the creeps. 
and a and a and a topic for another show dealing with creeps today with whoever my guest yeah, is. And that's, the, and that's the thing: if you're at home and somebody sends you, and somebody's trying to be a creep over the you know over the internet, you need a screenshot the message sent to your boss and they mm-hmm. done. You know, that's it. So it's, it's like all recorded. Yeah, so it's like hey, our remote is like, hey, look, we're production. We're gonna do this, do this work, and then that's it. Well, okay. Well, if there was a yeah, because I'm telling you, man, I'm me and you can go on all day. So if there was another profession other than you know what you're doing right now that you could do, what would you do? I would be an astronomer. Really? Yeah. I'll be a straight astronomer, man. For real, I would. I would, you know. I would have paid way more attention to high school and the science and math classes, and I would be the guy that would be with with, with my head, with my with my eye in a um in a telescope. <laughs> man, wait till you wait till you come visit me, man. The sky is different on this side of the earth. <laughs> I would be an astronomer for real. I would, you know, that's what I would do. I would want awesome. different parts of the world looking at, you know, the heavenly bodies moving, you know. Doing no calculations and talking about man, could you imagine in five billion years we're gonna get hit? By that? <laughs> that is so funny. You you oh, know that we ain't never talked about that. That's funny. I didn't know that about you. <laughs> uh, another question, left field. If you could talk to anybody for an hour, past or present, who would it be? You um, sit down on a park bench and chop it up with man. Oh man, list that long, huh? Yeah, it is. <laughs> it, it, it's like you know, I'm thinking, um, you know, probably my late grandmother. Hmm. My late grandmother. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like I, I I didn't appreciate her when she was here. Mm, that's real talk and right I there. Feel bad about that. I feel bad about that, but she was just so smart. She was just so smart. Been through so much. And like, as you get older, you understand, you know, like when you're young, you think that, you know, the new wave is like the best thing smoking, but you know, the elders that have experience, it's like, that's great, but how it really works in the real world, <laughs> they ain't trying to hear that, man. I hear you. They ain't trying to hear that, man. It's like somebody said, like, what was the uh, trading places? Remember when yes. uh, Dan and went into the pawn shop? With the watch, he was like, "This is a little watch." He was like, "Right here in Baltimore, mm-hmm. <laughs> it really is fifty bucks." Right. That's <laughs> it. And that's the thing, you know. So I would, I would love to talk to her, mm-hmm. you know, one more time, and just, you know, because she had a lot, a lot of amazing stories, met a lot of amazing people. I would love. To, that's like this. There's so many people. I mean, I could just, man, right. There's so many people, but like right now, I really want to talk to my grandma. I feel you on that. Um, and, you know, for, for our listeners, and back to, you know, insurance and entrepreneur, if you can give us three tips on uh, building a business, and it's up to you whether you want to talk about a, a tip for as an entrepreneur or as someone that's going to get insurance for your family, just give us three tips. Okay, well, so, you know, if you're looking to get insurance for your family, you know, you really want to figure out what's your real budget. You know, and I'm saying that because a lot of times when you're sitting down with somebody and 
you know, you with uh, a professional that does a really good job mm-hmm. <laughs> pointing out everything. You're like, man, man, man. You know, you don't want to get a plan that you can't easily afford. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and the thing is that with insurance, it's okay. If you can only afford to spend 30 bucks a month, get all you can for the 30 and keep it. Okay. Don't want to do a plan for 100 and then lose it in six months. Because then you don't have nothing anyway and you lost mm-hmm. the money. Makes sense. You know, so you definitely want to figure out what you can't afford. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to figure out what's important to you too. Okay. Like in terms of a plan, and you know, not just this is life insurance. We can talk auto and home as well. You want to figure out because insurance basically pays for what if, right? Like worst case scenario, what if? Like, and I'm gonna just just go to the to the homeowner slash rental insurance for just a second. You know, a lot of us don't have the renter's insurance or homeowner's insurance. And, you know, you may have someone that may have inherited a home. You know, their mom died, leave my house. But they don't have insurance on the house. Mm-hmm. House fire happened. And then a lifetime of your family sacrifices up the smoke. Because mm-hmm. you didn't have a house insurance. Because you couldn't afford or didn't want to, you know, maintain that. Right. Or you may have insurance, but... You went cheap on it, and now you're not. You know you lost all of your possessions, and you're only going to get X amount of dollars for new possessions because you didn't really take that seriously. So just really figure out what you, you know, figure out what you want, figure out how much you can afford, mm-hmm. and um, the last thing, just you know, for the insurance is um, get some. <laughs> that uh, part. That's yeah, get talk right there. Yeah. You know, get, you know, really just get some. You don't want to fall into analysis paralysis. Right. You know, because there's people that I've talked to throughout the country all the time that want to overanalyze everything, you know. And insurance is not that complicated. I mean, there are some things that you need to know. It's not easy, but it's not that complicated. Right. You know, so you definitely want to, you know, get some. You want to pull the trigger on it. Right. And then ask a bunch of questions afterwards if you need to. You want to get it because the thing is, once you got it, once you got it, you can change plans. You can make changes to your plan. Mm -hmm. But if you don't have it, then something happens. You can't say what I was going to, well, I would have, you didn't do it. And that's that's real talk right there. Like I said, you know, I, I had that situation dealing with, with with my late husband, and we didn't pull the trigger in time. And you know, I have something on me. But you and I are going to talk afterwards because a lot of things have changed in the three years, a uh, two years now since I've had this policy. So we are definitely, you know, going to talk more on a personal level after this show. Right. So yeah. So just you know, figure out what you want, what you can afford. Figure out what's important to you mm-hmm. in the plan. Like, really sit back and think, you know, worst case scenario, what do what are the things I care about? Right. And then just get it. You know, okay, let's say, for example, what you really want costs $80 a month. You got $50 a month. Figure out, <laughs> figure out what all the things that are really, because a lot of things that you think you want for the 80 Mm-hmm. You may not really want. It may be, hey, that might be nice. That's sort of like you got your car and it got leather seats, you know, seat warmers, mm-hmm. you know, move, move, power, everything. There's another car. 
got cloth seats, moon roof. You know, the the other car obviously costs more, right? Mm-hmm. The other okay, one, but you paying that one. So I'm like, okay, what is more important to me? Do I have to have leather seats mm-hmm. that heat up? Oh snap! They got a car that got cloth seats that heat up. That's less than the one with the leather seats that heat up. Is it more? What's more important to? Let me get the cloth seats that heat up right. for fifty. Yeah, and it's important, like I said, you know, and I want to reiterate, and you know, we're gonna wrap it up, but it is important that you connect with your insurance professional um, and be transparent because, like you said, you could save them, like say a, a homeowner. Um, you can save them some money on their life insurance policy if they're considering how much they need to cover the re- the remainder of their mortgage. But if they uh, if they have it in their mortgage, which would be good for you know them to have those documents for you to take a look at if they don't know already, or if they can refi their mortgage, maybe even get a, a better rate and make sure that that the death. Uh, policy is on there that will pay their mortgage off it could save them some money in their life insurance plan so these are things this is why it's important that um, you connect with a knowledgeable profession a knowledgeable professional such as yourself that uh, you know that really cares about what he's doing and again you can reach out to Reginald Clements at rclements216 at gmail.com or you can give them a call at 216-925-6577. And like I said, we will uh, be putting his link on the Follow Black Dollars website um, in the very near future. So is there anything else that you want to share with the listeners today, Reggie? Well, you know, I just want to thank you again for giving me the platform. I definitely appreciate it. Um, you know, for the listeners out there, um, definitely will put together a plan that's good for you, not for me. I mean, it may be a situation where I tell you, hey, look, I may not be able to help you. Mm-hmm. you know? Or based on what we're saying here, you you can only afford this. The plans are this. You may have to revisit it. Mm-hmm. Or you may have to, you, you may want this, but, you know, it's what we need to do. Right. You know, I'm not going to just uh, write a huge premium on you or who's policy on you just to make the sale. Right. I'm not, you know, if I can have, if I can help them, definitely help you. If I can't, then Hey, we're going to do what you want to do. Not what I want to do. Right. You know, not, right. not what I want to do. You know, cause a lot of times you may have people in a lot of businesses that will, they're thinking about their bonuses. Right. <laughs> but like, you know, having been in the insurance agents, um, in the insurance world myself and even now with the legal plans if you get the plan and you don't keep it for the first year that affects my business negatively so I don't you know I wouldn't sign someone up for the $35 $45 plan if all they need is the 20 or $25 plan knowing they can't afford it because yeah I'm gonna get a nice little commission right quick but you know, there's um, chargebacks and such like that, that that we deal with in the insurance agency, uh, in the insurance industry, rather, where yeah. if the policy doesn't stay on the books, it affects the agent negatively. So don't believe that someone like Reggie, 
you know, is going to sign you up for this $100 a month policy knowing you can't afford it just so he can get a commission because it's going gonna, it's gonna to slap him on the back end if you can't afford to keep it. So, you know, this is why, it's, you know, it's important to work with someone that you know, like, and yeah. trust. Mm-hmm. I, I, my, again, my thing is, you know, get whatever you can afford. Right. Really for you. You know, you know, for me too, definitely. But, I mean, it's really for you because you know, how would you feel if you got a plan for for eight months, you lost it, and then in month ten, your person, your husband died. And the thing of it is, is is if you know you. Uh, you take care of me, and, you know, financially, you got, you know, you got me a good policy, you really cared about me, I'm going to refer you, I'm going to share, I'm going to, you know, when that conversation comes up, I'm saying, well, you know what, my dude, Reggie, wrote me a policy and that I can afford and blah, 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 and so forth, you know, so um, it's like you said, it's nice to get one commission, but it's the referrals is where the money comes in at. It is. So that's the thing, I mean, you know, because yeah. a lot of the business I've had over the years have been just referrals. Hey, man, you still in it? Yeah. Yep. Or my my mama need it. You know, yeah. okay, cool. And there's no, you know, like when you're early in the game, you're like, I got to get commission. Ah, ah. But yeah. now you're just like, you know what? I want solid business. And that's why it's kind of good to have maybe a part-time job if you're going to do this. And, you know, like you said, we're not knocking jobs. We know you got bills to pay. But... Yeah. If you're a business minded and you want to build a business, um, there are ways to go about it so that you don't have to, you know, suffer and feel like you're always in survival mode. My advice is um, work your job until your business pays double what your job is. There you go. You know, nine to five, work your job, five to nine, work your business. Yeah. And it pays double your job for at least two to three years. Not just you might have a great year and then I quit and then... (laughs) Can I come back? <laughs> right. And the thing is, I've had to do that. I, I'm from experience. I've had to do it. Like, hey, look, I need to come back. I feel you. So, so this is really from experience. You want to do something, you know. You want to just build it. You know, you don't want to. Um, how can I put it? Burn no bridges either. Right. Because I was able to go back. So I didn't burn the bridge. That part. <laughs> That's what I was I'm talking. Go back. I was like, hey, I want to come back, and I was straight up with him. That's another thing is, you know, in the business world, relationships is not what you know; it's who you know, right? And right. your reputation, you know, and, you got a reputation, and you're good. And people don't care how mm-hmm. much you know until they know how much you care. Mm-hmm. So, you know, building those relationships is uh, is tantamount to any business. Mm-hmm. There's people that I, I've referred. For jobs and some I won't. I'm like, nah, man, you. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, like you I said, it. another show. <laughs> That's a another topic. Show. You don't have to for me. All right, folks, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. I just want to thank uh, Reggie for coming on the show. This time he's going to be coming back on. We got a couple of more topics, so you can uh, just stay tuned. You can get new shows and updates straight to your phone by texting FBD, follow Black Dollars, FBD to 63975, 63975. And uh, we're just going to get on out of here every day and every way. I'm getting better and better. We love our, 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 our mantra. And see you next time. Thanks for joining the show. Thank you.